Hey, about last night, podcast fans, what up? Hey, can we talk for a second? Can we talk money? (laughs) Let's talk money. Truth is, sometimes honest, hardworking folks need a little bit extra, okay? And some banks don't always make it fast or easy, but I'll tell you who does. Avant! Finally, there's a company who gets it. Avant, A-V-A-N-T. Guess what? They provide access to personal loans from $1,000 to $35,000 without ever stepping foot in a branch. All you got to do is simply go to avantoffer.com and check your competitive rate. Okay? Checking your rate is risk-free. There's no risk. Is there a risk? No, man. It's risk-free with no effect on your FICO score. All right? Complete your application in minutes, and the funds could be in your account as soon as tomorrow. See how easy and convenient borrowing is through AvantOffer.com. Avant will give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after you make your first payment on time. Who else does that? Nobody? That's right. For this offer and to check your rate risk-free, go to AvantOffer.com and enter promo code last night. That's A-V-A-N-T Offer.com, promo code last night. AvantOffer.com, promo code last night. Loans made by WebBank. Funds are generally deposited via ACH for delivery next business day if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. FICO is a registered trademark of Fair Isaac Corporation. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. It's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Happy holidays and all that wonderful stuff. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever else you celebrate. I don't know. What else is there to celebrate? Happy Don't Go to the Mall Week. Happy happy being alive. So much crazy shit in the world. People eating faces on bath salts and people fighting over funky ducks and Walmart and trampling each other. There's a lot of crazy shit out there. So stay safe. Stay safe this holiday season. Don't uh you know, don't blow off your hand with a firework or you know, eat too much that you puke blood or something. You know, I'm just be safe so you can listen to the podcast, all right? We appreciate you guys listening. On iTunes, Stitcher, your your iPhones, your uh, Android device, uh, aboutlastnightpodcast.com is where you can get all past and present episodes. Uh, Your your guys' comments and ratings have been killing it lately. Uh, If you haven't done that yet, do it for the holidays, man. Have that be your gift to us is right now going to iTunes, giving us a five-star rating. It takes two seconds. Comment on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. Put something as simple as happy holidays, Brad and Adam. Uh, You know, just, or hey. You know, you guys are cool. Whatever it is, you know, if you if you guys were a young girl in the seventh grade, I'd try to have sex with you. You know, whatever you want to say to make us feel good. Do it for the holidays. Do it for your love of the podcast. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Today's episode is wow. This uh, this is a spit fire ball of a person. Uh, our guest today is comedian Russ Guten. Russ Guten resides in New York City, baby. Um, and he is uh, unlike anyone you will ever speak to, hang out with, listen to talk. Um, a father of two, uh, a great comedian, uh, a great friend, uh, a, a writer, wrote musicals back in the day, um, had a rare blood disease that hospitalized him and, and grew him to fall in love with superhero movies. We get into that, uh, how comedy has changed his life. I'm moving to New York from L.A., um, was uh, unexpected but a game changer. Uh, he's super Jewy. He uh, he loves the '90s like we do. And uh, and and you will hear him speak and go, "Are you the voice of like a cartoon? Because you should be." 
Also, our boy Sandy Danto joins me on this episode. Brad was out of town, so uh, Sandy filled in to uh, help me interview Russ. And, of course, Sandy, friend of the pod, one of the funniest dudes around. Uh, he's also known Russ as long as I have, so it was a great uh, Jew hat trick of fucking comedy and, uh, and silliness. Um, but Sandy's the best, so it was great that he filled in for Brad to uh, interview uh, Papa Russ Gooten with me. Um, follow Sandy Danto on Twitter, at Sandy Danto. Russ Gooten on Twitter, at Russ Gooten uh, on Twitter is where you can follow him. Follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter, at Funny Brad. Follow About Last Night Podcast on Twitter, at ALN Podcast. Uh, keep up for all the news, updates, tour dates, uh, pod releases, and whatnot. Um, you can find me on the road. Where am I going to be? Well, December 27th, baby. I'm going to be in Bellingham, Washington. That's an hour and a half north of Seattle. And uh, there's a club up there called Wild Buffalo that actually Snoop Dogg is playing at tonight. I'm going to be the next act there after Snoop Dogg. So um, I will try to to follow as best I can. I wish I could be there tonight. Holy shit. My boy Lee Huffman uh, runs that joint, and they got Snoop Dogg. And, uh, and how do you follow up with Snoop? You follow him with a white Jewish comedian from Seattle. So... I'll try to uh, fill the room with as much weed as he did, and as much comedy as he did, but uh, sorry, not as, as much rapping as he, as he is going to do. Or maybe I will. Fuck it. Who knows? Who knows? It's Bellingham. Who knows what's going to happen? So get your tickets to that show, 8 p.m., The Wild Buffalo, December 27th. I will be headlining uh, December 27th. That's a Sunday night at 8 p.m. in Bellingham, Washington. Come out and see me there. And then uh, you can see me at The Crocodile, January 2nd, with my boy T.J. Miller. I'm going to be there with him downtown seattle the crocodile january 2nd uh and then january uh 8th through the 10th i'm gonna be excuse me at the st louis funny bone in uh st louis missouri at the funny bone january 7th through the 10th come out and see me there love that club love that city uh come out and party with us also tomorrow night in los angeles i will be at the laugh factory at 10 p.m come out and see me laugh factory in hollywood 10 p.m. show. Going to be a blast. Come see me uh, before I uh, spit out of town for a couple weeks. Brad Williams. Well, he's going to be at Irvine Improv, Irvine, California, December 26th for two shows, 7 and 9. I was there with him last time. He sold him out on the 4th of July. It was unbelievable. Uh, but go see Brad the day after Christmas. Come on. You can't get more post-Christmas celebratory than with a fucking elf. So go do that. Uh, <laughs> go spend post-Christmas with Brad. He's working on his new hour that he's about to uh, tape on January 16th in Glendale. So uh, go see him work that out, baby, uh, before he tapes it. December 26th, Irvine Improv, Irvine, California. Seven and nine shows that night. Uh, and then you can see Brad uh, on New Year's, December 31st through January 2nd at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Go see Brad December 31st through January 2nd at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, of course, Astoy Merchandise. Of course, if you're trying to get some holiday gift ideas, go to AstoyMerchandise.com. Get all your ALN merch. Mugs, shirts. We just got those Life My Life shirts. And, of course, from the uh, New Kids on the Block cruise uh, recap episode. Uh, those are selling great. Ladies, thanks for picking those up. Get your Roni and the Quave shirts, your mugs. We've got about last night posters being made, which are going to be off the hook. Uh, so go to Astoy Merchandise, E-S-T-O-Y Merchandise.com to get all your ALN merch. And uh, give, give the gift of the ALN podcast for the holidays. You know, stocking stuffers, great gifts. Who doesn't want a Roni and the Quave shirt? Come on. Uh, and, of course, keep listening to the podcast on iTunes, aboutlastnightpodcast.com. Click on the Amazon banner on that site when you're doing your shopping this holiday season. Brad and I get a little kickback. Uh, helps us to continue to 
put money into the pod. Um, so many great guests coming up. I'm glad you guys really love that Black Christmas episode with Jaleel and Guy Tori. That was so fun to record. Um, and I think we're probably going to do a part two. So uh, that was a blast with those guys. Uh, we've got Rob Schneider coming up, Jason Alexander, Brody Stevens, uh, Jason Reitman, who directed Juno up in the air, has a show on Hulu right now called Casual. Uh, he's going to come by. It's going to be fucking incredible. Uh, our boy Brian Moses, a uh, great comic here in L.A. who runs the Roast Battle at the Comedy Store every Tuesday, which has become one of the most popular shows on the planet. Uh, he's going to stop by. We've got some more best of episodes coming your way. So many great episodes, so continue to subscribe on iTunes, listen to the apps, enjoy them during the holidays, and have a great holiday. I mean, have a fucking great holiday. Take some time to be with family, be with the people you love, do what you love. Don't stress out, man. This is the time when everybody just collectively fucking chills out for a minute, and uh, it'd be cool if we could, you know, carry out the vibes we do through the holidays into the rest of our lives. But let's do it for a couple weeks together. Uh, now that we got all the tour dates out of the way, that's all the merch info. Those are the Twitter handles. So now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with our buddy, Russ Gooden. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast. It's about last night. Uh, you know, I I married high school dick. A shout out to '98 dick. A shout out to '98 whiskey dick, which of course was the name of my college band, '98 whiskey dick. '98 was a good year for whiskey dick. '98 was a great year in general. Where where was Russ Gooten in 1998? I graduated high school in 1998. Whoa. Yeah. That's right. You're a couple years on us. Yes, thank but you. But you feel, but in spirit, you're 20 years younger. No, in spirit, I am 50 years older. Go ahead than and pull you. that mic towards in you. In spirit, I'm 50 years you older you than you. Pull, you can pull it off the because uh, um, no, I graduated in '98, and everyone yeah. I've graduated with pretty much has two kids by now. So I'm actually late wow. as far as a real person is concerned to having kids. But as far as our world is concerned, I am actually like having kids real young at 35. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> that, yeah. Sam, what's going on? Not getting anything, but... Wait, in the headphones? Yeah. Let me see. No, let me see the light. Is it blinking or is it off? This is going... It's on. Put that on your... <laughs> what do you mean you're not getting anything? Oh, now it's coming in. I'm not, like, doing this as a, a bit. Did it's, you guys see that? You, now the, it's working. Let me stop. Do you like where the mic's at? That's how Brad has it, but you can definitely flip it around. I don't know. <laughs> so you're leaning over. You, like, pull no, it. No, no, this is... I, no, Sandy I, and I, Brad I'm are naturally... Interchangeable. Hunchy. But pull, if you want to people, pull it up. People might think I'm hunky by the way my voice sounds. I'm hunchy. What I'm telling you He's is hunchy. that mic was preset by a dwarf. I'm, <laughs> and I, I don't know. know. I moved it around a It's little. like if you got into a car that was driven by a dwarf, you would have to make some seat adjustments. Would well, you not? Well, that's true. I could just be uncomfortable. Right. So that's what I want right. you to avoid in this instance. You can p- tilt it up. I think you should put it right between the your way, tits there, like like your Lisa Ann, just right there. There by, you go. By the way, this couldn't be a more. It's so appropriate that this is three of the Jewish guys in stand-up comedy. Like that, I'm very much like, but make the mic yourself comfortable with the mic. Is I'm not t- getting anything. Is in your the Could you tilt it up? You know, my friend John Brodnitsky, uh, newest cast member of Saturday Night Live, He's killing it. Was just here uh, last night. And we were getting high. 
And he goes, he goes. I, well, he's I, a public figure. Now. I don't <laughs> know if that's information <laughs> so, that you could be so, sharing. So, so he go, he comments on the stair stepper that I recently purchased because I go <laughs> and I go yeah, and I go yeah man because I, I want to exercise but I don't want to have to well, put in any effort. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. I break a nice sweat. So what I told him is I go uh, I go I go yeah it's easy on my knees and you know L A Fitness I was going there for that and some other shit and I figured you don't cut the cost and I could do it and then he just goes so Jewish right now. He goes, he goes you're such an old Jew. He goes well it's easy on my knees. And I saw it was it's a whole process to LA Fitness. You got to get up, you got to get in the car, you got to know where you're going. You know, no, that's how I was. Parking, parking's a whole thing. <laughs> I know every every spot I think is open. There's a Fiat parked there, <laughs> hiding behind the other cars. I go to 24 Hour Fitness. I go to get a shake. It's a nine dollar shake. I try to work out three times a week. Who has nine dollars for three shakes three times a week? I'm already that's paying thirty dollars gonna... a month, hundred and ten dollar <laughs> initiation fee one time. But Sharon, still. Sharon, Sharon wants the Pilates class. She wants. She goes to. She wants Pilates. She wants the yoga. She wants the whole package. She wants to use the pool. She wants to use the hot tub. She wants to use the basketball court. I said, you don't even know what that is. Let me tell you something. And then you know what she says to me? She says, I'm done at the gym. You want to go to Chipotle? I was like, bitch, we're not going to Chipotle. I just got you the fucking gym and the Pilates. Nice. Yeah. That is, that's when he's that's when he's this strangling, is our, uh, SNL. his wife. Test reel for John Renes. I'm just, guys, I'm being honest, though. I'm just. Uh, so, I'm just... 1998, Russ. I want to get back to that okay, for a second. Um, and thanks for being here. No, thank you for, honestly, guys, thank you for yeah, having me. Yeah, this is great. And Sandy, thanks for uh, popping in for little Brad. Yeah, no He's problem. Off, off to New York City. What the uh, fuck else did I have to do? I this can, is great. I can. No, but this is unbelievable. But this right? is great, too, because, yeah, you can swear. You can do whatever you want. Because this, um, this trifecta of people. Probably we all were starting at the same time when we met. Yeah. So that's why this is special. Yeah. Well, start, definitely start, my West Coast stint when I started at the comedy store, when I really like recommitted to yeah. you know, eating shit there and being there or whatever. Sandy, I kind of knew, but I was always a fan of Sandy. So I was excited to just sort of start to be friendly with him and do shows with him. And then you started doing the shows. We had you on the list because I used to run Friday Night Live yep. every Friday yeah. for about the two years. The belly room at the, at the world famous comedy The store. most famous attic in all of comedy. Yeah. And, um, Other than the comedy attic. <laughs> well, in all of, well, the comedy no, attic. No, no, yes, no. yes. But I would say that the... Let's not... Um, no, the belly and, room is legendary. Are we going to split hairs yeah. here, dude? No. Uh, and, uh, uh, what you call it? And then, I've got an ingrown hair we can split. <laughs> here we go. Now, I have a number of a podiatrist. You know what I mean? And he has, he has offices in... in in three regions. My dad's a podiatrist. Are you serious? He drives a tow truck. No. <laughs> he is a podiatrist. But he I was going to say. He does not drive a tow truck. I was going to say. Times are tough for podiatrists. I didn't Ford know. Escape. I didn't know they were a foregone. So does Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You I'm drive a Ford Escape. So does my wife. Whoa. Does she really? Whoa. She's smart. Well, my wife drives a CRV. <laughs> yeah. The Ford Escape is a special club. Yeah. Although... Well, I great car. <laughs> Love. It I'm says I didn't get the car. house, but I do get most of my monthly salary, so I but got I get, this to express. But I did get to escape. <laughs> Ford escape. I escaped Lori. That's why I got this. <laughs> <laughs> no, my last my last Ford escape I had. You know, I had it from '05 till till uh, yeah. 2014, and it was. I hell thought it was oh gonna, I thought it was gonna. You were gonna drive that thing until the wheels literally came off, and of I was it. using my feet like Flintstones. Yeah. I, oh I, my God. I was committed to to sticking with her because it, so many memories so many trips and it just was a good car but then it just became so the amount of repairs were substantial but then it was more like 
the back bumper was being held on by bungee cords. Yeah. There were cashews stuck in the seatbelt. <laughs> you, you were a substantial part in a movie. Yeah. To be driving around in that car was a little bit silly. Yeah, no. Was that being discussed? It must have been. Yeah. I don't. I, I never heard it Every being discussed. Now and then. <laughs> but I remember seeing you drive up in that car after the heat came out, and I was just like... What are you doing? I'm sure people are talking yeah, about Yeah, Dalia made the same comment about my shoes at one point. He goes, bro, you were in a movie, dude. You got <laughs> you to step it up. And, I, and it, dude, it made me. And then he goes, girls don't like it and fucking this and that. And I was like, it, he's like, just make a conscious. Just think about it more. Because I was wearing just like old girls basketball don't, Girls don't like getting fucked in Rockport. No, they don't. <laughs> no, don't. And don't go and get a Scion XB and think that that's going to get the ladies wet either, okay? That thing's a goddamn toaster on wheels. You can get it in aisle six at Best Buy. Put fucking four wheels on And, um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so I met, so you're starting the belt. Yeah, you I met, met me. you doing that show, um, and you're wearing a Mariners hat. We talked about Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, um, it's a and, great great icebreaker for any dude. Brian. No, it was. And then one of my best friends from college is actually from. He grew up in Connecticut, but is also from Seattle. That's so. right. And then um, I was doing a show in New York. I was taping a DVD. Sandy Danta was going to be there. I I begged and pleaded for him to be on the show. I paid him $500,000 to do a 10-minute set. Wow. Check didn't clear, but it's it okay. It didn't clear. It didn't I, clear. But I, I, told him, I told him not to clear it until guy. 2022. And sure. um, so um, he asked if his friend Adam Ray could be on the show. And oh, yeah. I said, sure, no problem. But then that night... I was going to see my friends, the Kin, play. Yeah. You had run into, I guess, an ex-girlfriend who you definitely shouldn't have even been calling or talking to. Yes. Because you had a look on your face like you had seen a ghost whose vagina also was a ghost. That was... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Ghost vagina vagina ghost. Yeah, it was... uh... That's right. And that was, and that's, were, not, that's not a Slimer ghost. By no, the way, no. that's, that's crazy that, that I've talked about two of my exes already. Like, I'm going to have to talk about the third one and not in a positive light. I think that this is going to be a spinoff podcast where you just talk about your <laughs> yes, exes. Yes, yes. Will I interview them? Yeah. By, uh, by month? It's going to be like the Adam Sandler sketch and from you go to Saturday Night Live where he's like... Shannon uh, Doherty? Yeah. Like, that's the best. And he brings in... Chris. Hey, Denise! <laughs> and he goes, this is a part of the show where I call Denise and try to re, uh, rekindle stuff. And he, just, he, he calls and she goes, hello. He goes, I'll kill you. And then, this is, and then she goes, and then just she hangs up. she's like, what? Hello? And then hello? he hangs up. I hate you! Yeah. And then Farley comes in and he goes, this is my friend Kevin. He, uh, he's going to tell us. He recently saw Denise. So, um, and then Chris, Chris Farley like waddles down the stairs and he sits down just all like disheveled. And he goes, so uh, what's up, Kevin? He goes, oh, what's up, man? Oh, you doing? Ah, uh, she was, uh, she was at the pizza place. Uh, she got a. She got a pepperoni. She was blotting it with napkins. I don't respect that move. Okay, cool. Thanks for coming by, Kevin. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then he would just leave. It oh was so God. quick. Anyway, so. By the way, this is all I did during my childhood was just recap the sketches from Saturday Night Live. At lunch the friends. next day. Yeah, is that yeah. something that we is that something we all Who did? Did, All right, yes. I did it for Ace Ventura on the back of the bus. Oh, yeah. Would recite every giant chunk because there were mm-hmm. a lot of giant chunks of, you know, the uh, you know, the whole speech when he's um, uh, telling them that he's going to go find the dolphin, the whole uh, when the guy opens the door with the gun in his face. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, and uh, Movies and TV shows were my early material. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you don't have a voice yet. Right, so you're just right. Who was your guy? Well, I did, I, for all the black guys, I would do every sketch from In Living Color or I Me would too. do Martin. I would if it was Wednesday, do, yep, I would do both. Martin because mm-hmm. it was on, I think, Tuesday nights originally. And if it was Monday mornings, I would do In Living Color. And then <laughs> you if had a whole was, schedule and for, then your, if it, and for then, your throwback hits. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then and then after football, when we were waiting online, I would do Coming to America. I would do all the Eddie Murphy movies and things like Dude, that. Dude, you were a recap show on the. Uh, yeah, it's, yes. Um, <laughs> and then I got suspended. The best was I Russ got is to recap. <laughs> that would be a great podcast for little kids to do. Oh my god! Yeah. If I was a sixth grader and podcasts were around. I would have, I would have probably had. That's one. funny that you say. But it would be grade. like, welcome to Adam Ray's podcast, where we're going to be talking about South Park and Should Saturday I Night Live. No, you know, what I used to do that. I used to prank call the Seattle sports radio stations, <laughs> tape them on a cassette, bring them on the bus, and play them on a my first Sony. Oh, oh yeah, that's like, awesome. I would, I would call because I would get through four times in a row and just t- change voices. Like one time, I call and go, "Hey, uh, this is uh, Ron from Bellevue. Yeah, I think we should trade Jay Buna for a stack of hot dogs." The guy goes, "What next?" <laughs> sometimes they would, and then sometimes I would go, "Yeah, hi. Um, so I'm a huge Mariners fan, and um, I just was wondering." And then I would like try to give actual analysis. I was like, "It just seems like the bullpen really we go we go to Jeff Nelson way too much, and it seems like <laughs> that we should start using more left-handers because the matchups are just better." Especially when we're on the road. And he's like, yeah, the, the, uh, what's your name, kid? Uh, Christopher Robin. Christopher, thank you so much. Uh, from Winnie the Pooh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so- oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you did there, kid, you little bastard. Yeah, you little- <laughs> I'm going to go cry myself to sleep in my hot day Elantra. <laughs> Wait, so, uh, okay, so, so I'm going to do something here. So yours was Farley. Mine was Ace Ventura. Yours was Martin Living Color. We're so all perfect. going to pick... Are oh, the, the best we could do and recite as best because, as best you can, any anything that you can do verbatim. Okay. Because I know that for a fact I haven't done it since sixth grade. I just know that for a fact. It, it just you know because I, I found All a right. voice and started doing my own material. But uh, I don't know when you, like something that you haven't. done I in a did while, not. So it was very recent. Something that you haven't done in a while that you're just going to go by muscle memory to uh, to recap here. Who's going first? Um, I'll do Coming to America first. That's one. I, obviously, always, I would just walk up to the black guys and be like, This is lovely. What is this? Velvet? Ah, but he kicked Joel Lewis's ass. And I would do that in class, too. Again. Uh, That's amazing. I did. Uh, did you do Eddie or Arsenio, too? Yeah, yeah. I, I did mean, everybody. Uh, well, actually, that was Eddie. Oh, you once met Martin Luther the King? He once met Martin Luther the King. I once met him. You, you know, they got good girls at church on Sunday. That's where the best girls are. <laughs> That's a fucking great Eddie Murphy for <laughs> a white guy. For anybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, Sandy. Yeah, that's really good. Um, now I'm nervous to follow that. All I right. used to do the scene in Billy Madison where Chris Farley is the bus driver and he stops Adam Sandler from while he is showing off that he's looking up Veronica Vaughn's skirt and he goes, that Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> Is one piece of ace. I would know from experience, dude, if you know what I mean. No, not me personally, but a guy I know. Him and her got it on. Woo-wee! Oh, my God. Sandy That's Danto verbatim. so good. No, no, they didn't. He really yeah. does. Does Sandy Danto do the most haunting impressions, though, of everybody? Yeah. He really does. Real but people. You can imagine what it'd be going. like if they did, huh? Honestly, but huh? you do real people, too. That's what's scary. <laughs> I, do re- I, I do mostly just dead and, uh, and not famous and people. And marginalized. I'm working on that. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? All what's right. Your- so um, mine is uh, from uh, the scene at Ace Ventura. I'm trying to think of one that I can remember a chunk of when he uh, when they when he's with Tone Loke at the office 
and he says, they're like, we got this. Uh, or he goes, um, the guy goes, uh, remember the big police chief that's giving him shit? And he goes, I heard you uh, found the, uh, or wh- how are you going to find Snowflake? With uh, He's giving him shit, remember? And he's like, I heard you found the dog. Because Ifson Jr. Like, was finding all these small animals, the pet detective, you know. And, and then uh, he's going to go after Snowflake. So he's like, uh, he's like, good luck, Ventura, something, something. Gives him all shit. Everybody laughs. And then, uh, and then he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, ah, he goes, well, uh, what does he say? He goes, uh, he goes, um, uh, he goes, he said something, the, uh, <laughs> fuck, he says, uh, good luck finding the dolphin. And he goes, um, he goes, uh, it's not a dolphin. And then he goes, uh, the uh, common harbor porpoise or Tercioptrin catus has an elongated <laughs> beak, round cone shaped teeth, and a serrated dorsal appendage. But I'm sure you already knew that. That's what I like about you your attention to detail. Oh my god Shit man Just chunks of that on the bus Yeah And then just the pussy Would just fly Oh the yeah. pussy Just flying in Summer camp Every, teacher, every teacher And bus 98 driver 98 whiskey dicks Just, just fucking <laughs> Double fist them. Um, So that was your Early influences Of comedy yeah well, I, I would say my early emphasis was watching Eddie Murphy, Delirious, when I was seven years old with my best friend to this day, Jesse Palmer, in his attic where he lived just until six months ago when he got married. So, Oh, shit. That was... That, very, very old country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he... No, I mean, like, we weren't really sure that Jesse was ever going to not live in that attic. So, <laughs> and believe me, I actually, once I knew that the end was coming, all of a sudden, like, I was all gung-ho about him meeting a girl, getting married, starting his life, and now like he was gonna leave and they were taking the comic the frame comics off the wall and i was like oh shit you can't go man you guys can make a, a life of this here you can make a go of it you know like so i'm still not over my attic being taken away from me but uh i wouldn't be either yeah <laughs> uh, first the be- first the belly room now this i know it's, it's all all the attics have been taken from me so now it's just me and and covered uh, covered in baby piss and poop all the time <laughs> yeah wait where, where did you grow up again i grew up Philly. in cherry hill new jersey yeah, right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So wait, so if you grew up in New Jersey but you rep Philly, is that a problem for people? Uh, no, it isn't uh, in South Jersey right there because my house is seven minutes from Philly. There's some Philly people like Eleanor Carrigan. Whenever yeah. the Eagles fans would come to see me in the belly room, she'd be like, you guys aren't from Philly. You're from Jersey where we keep all our fucking Jews at. That's what we, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, or whatever. So there's some people, but um, no, I mean, obviously, yes, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yeah. And, uh, and growing up in, in, I mean, just the Philly, what is that to grow up a kid in the 90s in, in Philly? Is the that- best thing was, was that my uncle owned nightclubs back then. So in high school, instead of working at like a restaurant, I worked at the nightclub. I worked at Shampoo Nightclub. So I. It was w- called Shampoo. Shampoo? Shampoo, based on that movie in the 70s. How nice. Old yeah. sketch. What was... Uh, yeah. And his other club was how, called Egypt. <laughs> how, ni- how nice did people... How nice did your hair have to be to be... It had in to be that, really to be nice, especially on club. Saturday. In Philly uh, in the 90s, you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. You're coming to shampoo. Anything less than what you got, and you're getting your neck slit. <laughs> on Saturday night was gay night, and we had a huge transvestite named Phoenix. He was six foot eight. His name was Phoenix. He was black. He was a transvestite. And he used to come in to the dance floor on gay Saturday nights on a chariot with a horse but then assholes like me after we were done handing out flowers would have to clean up the fucking horse shit you know from the dance floor and then like mop up the girl that was like throwing up on herself too all to the same Jesus. corner you know what I mean um, Phoenix what a name where, so, where is that 
Fe- I don't know. I don't know. I heard. Girl, Fe- I heard Phoenix Wait, is let me, dead. Let me, let me it's put- in Arizona. <laughs> also, if you know that. Also, let me. <laughs> but let me just throw in a, a gender specific because I just go, where is that? Like I meant, like where is yeah. that guy or girl? But I don't know what she changed. He yes. Phoenix, I believe, is dead. But oh, I believe no. he died in jail because he stabbed someone. <laughs> so. Yikes! Wait, it usually happens the other way around. <laughs> Where you die from being stabbed? No, no, it's not. Not Phoenix the Philly someone. transvestite. He will. He will stab you. <laughs> Un- unsolicited <laughs> violence was his kryptonite. Yes, stab less ye be stabbed. I believe was tattooed across <laughs> across. His There's got to be so much stabbing happening in jail. By the way. There oh, is. Yeah. Like when I when I flip, say that, but sometimes sense. it's a it's a term of endearment. Sometimes it's a way of showing affection. I guess. Um, so uh, all right. So Phil, so he's Philly one of the nineties was awesome because there was the hip hop. There was all the drum and bass. There was six eleven records. Were but you wearing was- hip hop? Yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. I mean, uh, of course. Of I course. think most young Jewish boys are young Jewish boys in Philly, especially. There's were just <laughs> something about young, affluent Jewish guys <laughs> that really. Th- that hip hop really spoke to for you're, some you're reason. You're being serious. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know what it was, but there was just something. For some reason, yeah. we related to the, the play. I think it was that me. That we have nothing to relate to, but we really did. Yeah. I don't know. What I didn't mean to talk over you. I think it was me. I've, I felt like a street Jew because all the other Jewish kids, their dads were doctors, but my dad worked at the Radio Shack in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so I, wow. I felt like I was from the streets. You know, I was like a lower middle class Jew. No, I'm just, I, I my dad was awesome. a doctor, but he was like one of the lower rung doctors. Yeah, lower He wasn't like doctor. a gyno. He was a podiatrist. But he didn't work at radio. He didn't work at like doctor. No, no, he did that too. <laughs> he worked at radio. Not enough too. people had foot problems. So, so would he? Um, would he hook you? Got? Would you get? You, your house must have been stocked with the uh, oh, finest yeah. electronics. We still yeah. have. I still to this day. Yesterday, you had a lot I of was adapters. I was leaving for this trip. I had to go to my dad's house in Cherry Hill and be like, "Dad, do you have a cord for this? Do you have a car charger?" And he just goes into his garage because he retired like a boss, you know. And I think on his last day, he must have just taken one of the fucking reams in the back. He pulled a Jerry Maguire, but he didn't take one fish. He took sixteen we have, DVDs. We, we have an entire working Radio Shack in my father's garage. To a radio <laughs> condo in Florida. No, there, and there's a nice guy that works there, Omar, in the garage. He lives there. Anyway, um, <laughs> he'll show you whatever fucking phone you want. So, so he worked at Radio Shack. You worked for your uncle for the nightclubs. I worked for my uncle for the nightclubs, and so it was cool in there in the '90s because you had the Roots before they were necessarily royalty everywhere. Yeah, and you had D'Angelo, you had Freeway, and then one of my friends I grew up with, Leon Huff Jr. He, uh, his dad was uh, Gamblin Huff, who wrote Me and Mrs. Jones. So South Street Diner in Philly in the 90s, when you went there, was right down the street from where Gamble and Huff would record. Oh, God, all good, no. all good, all good, all good. Right down the street from all the clubs. And you would walk into the South Street Diner, and there would be The Roots at one table, D'Angelo at the next table, three of the Phillies, four of the Eagles. So um, th- it was very, very cool. I would say it's a little different now. It's a little bit of a younger town, you know? So many paper towels. Oh my Russ, god! Russ spilled his I drink. I spilled my tequila, but which I is, kept I've never talking. seen a father, someone who who has children, respond so calmly to a spill. <laughs> I've only seen fathers be like, "God damn it! Move, oh, move. Fuck. You need to be more careful, you little son of a bitch." I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Keep in mind, you know. I just spilled my tequila. Everybody, but keep in mind, this is the first time I've been around two other single guys for an extended period of more than 20 minutes outside of a comedy club. (laughs) 
in a in, in quite Look at that. Time. That that's a fancy yeah, ice I cube. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't want to take it. I thought it was too fancy of an ice cube. Well, guess what? I said this ice cube is making think... Are We There Yet three. This that, is a yeah, fancy that's an ice O'Shea, cube. That's an O'Shea Jackson. I spilled my tequila. I spilled my peasant ice. <laughs> you spilled your Radio Shack ice. What kind of fucking Jew has a dad that works in Radio Shack? Bottle of Oh my God, wow. Jesus. Um, yeah, open it up. Pour oh, some in there. Let's have some Quero. Um, but you got to keep here. I'll open it. You keep talking. So, okay. So, so it was really cool. Um, you're into hip hop. What else are you into as a kid in Philly? And I'm curious at what point does comedy come into play or just entertaining? Because I know it's your entertainment um, journey did not start with comedy. Well, I always wanted to be a comic, but I, uh, A, I got really into drugs when I was in junior high school. So I started freebasing like cocaine like at 14 years old. Holy shit. And I was like a kid who was given Ritalin and all that stuff for years, but um, uh, I started snorting all the stuff they were prescribing me, and then I started, you know, going further than that. So I was really young to be doing that. I thought I was bad as well. Well, I was going to say real quick, I feel like I'm the only one at this table that missed the boat on the drug revolution of the eighth grade, seventh grade, whatever you, (laughs) because I didn't even smoke pot till sophomore year in high school. I had my first drink in eighth grade when I did the summer stock play, and I was the youngest of all these kids who were in high school right. and a few in college. And my first drink ever was a triple tequila shot that I, <sighs> that I pounded because everyone chanted my name in the eighth grade. And I was like, I seemed a little bit older, too. I think I just grew up quick, and I was, you know, tall. Even whatever. in eighth grade, Adam's voice was like this. No, it was still about this. I did start shaving in sixth grade. So... Um, uh, not my face, my pubes, and uh, <laughs> no both, and uh, and so uh, no, no, just my face, and then uh, um, so t- took the shot. It just burned. That's all I remember. It just burned, oh, it and hurts. then I was like fucked up, just hammered. So anyway, then I, that made me not want to do it again for a long time. But then pot became very. That just seemed fun. But I'm, so what about for you guys? Like when did how do you fa- fall into the free base and coke? Well. Yeah, I mean, I smoked pot in sixth grade, and then I would say so it is I was a gateway doing drug. that. Me too. Yeah, I was doing that. I, I started taking guitar lessons in fourth grade, <laughs> and I would say that was the gateway drug to smoking pot. Because <laughs> then you want because then you're listening to all these songs, and you're like, guitar lessons are. Because then I listened to the, then I saw these documentaries about the bands that I liked, oh, and it was like, right. and they would smoke right. marijuana. And are you serious? Mushrooms and LSD. I'd be like, well, that's what right. I got to do. Like who? Like the Goo Goo like, Dolls? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I my sixth grade research paper was about the Grateful Dead. And oh, I, my and God. I go, <laughs> and so I learned all about how they, you know, did did acid and mushrooms and and smoked weed. And I was like, well, naturally, this is what I need to be doing if oh I God. ever want to be good at guitar. And uh, so I started smoking weed then and didn't couldn't get my hands on mushrooms until high school. Your mom was so bummed you didn't pick up the bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> that only leads to snacks. Snacks and, char- <laughs> snacks and charity work. <laughs> um, no, but, Do you guys want to buy um, some of these candy bars so I can go to band camp this <laughs> Actually, you want to know how de- degenerate of a kid I was? The band kids would always sell candy bars in school. And so I saw that, and I my, made my parents take me to Costco. I got the candy bars, and I sold it for less than they sold it. And I was oh like, my yeah, God. yeah, I'm trying to raise money for charity. And then I used that money to and buy you weed, and then on I the started selling point. weed. Unbelievable. <laughs> Honestly, I'm proud of you. I'm, imp- I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. You Look know? at you, the, the bargainer. At I, that. Was a little, I was a little Jewish entrepreneur. A little <laughs> businessman. <laughs> what yeah. are you saying in your act? You got to fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> 
when Sandy does his his sixties like I know. like club owner, business guy, agent, like Hollywood. Gonna take you straight to the top. You're gonna be hanging out with the likes of Lindsay Lohan. Her butthole's the hepatitis. You got a great act, kid. I've ever... You got a great act. It's you're a real a, act. You're kid. gonna be a star. Sandy, I feel like you have. If you come back in a second life, it'll be as a Hollywood agent from the sixties <laughs> or the fifties, <laughs> and you're and you're up clients like Fred. McGriff. <laughs> yeah. and, or you're no. going to own the chuckle bone in St. Louis and you're going to tell everybody that you're going to unlock a lot of Humphrey doors. Humphrey Bogard. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Humphrey Bogard. But, you know, it's his. Uh... Liam Neeses. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, all right, so well, that's in, that's incredible. So, so Sylvester Stallone, no, I mean, me I, twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he does puns about his? Hey. <laughs> wow! Hey, somebody, Frank, we're going out tonight. Hey, you better write a song about this one. Al Frank. Pacino <laughs> takes his backsies. <laughs> all right, so how do you freebase cocaine? Who, well, who brings fr- I, don't, I say freebase or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm using the term Sorry. correctly, but I was sorting cocaine and Wellbutrin or whatever. Uh, freshman and sophomore year, I got arrested a lot, I, all that stuff. And then um, I sort of got recruited to switch high schools in Cherry Hill. The, the East High School had a really big theater program. They did eight shows a year. They toured L.A. Um, so, you, so theater's where it all started. So I sort of, they sort of uh, saved me, I guess, from that and from myself. Dude, isn't it amazing how it is like the arts are just mm-hmm. – you know, it sounds cliche or whatever. Once but you like, find something you want to focus your energy that's on, that's what it you is. You can be constructive. And all but people, before that, you're completely destructive. Yeah. yeah. And you're also just so aloof and you have no idea yeah. what. You just want to be. You don't know. Also, with theater and stuff, like, I don't know what each of our experiences were that led us into that world, but it's like. It's not like they – there's not a, some sort of like school fair when you're in second grade where they're like – and in high school, there's theater and there's this and right. that. You see plays and you somehow just like get right. your own interest toward it. But you doing it really just – when theater kids too are all about it. So you're not like yeah. one foot in, one foot out. So And I always wanted to do it. I want to be a comedian from the time I was four. I told my mom when I was a kid all the time I wanted to be a comedian. Whoa. I got suspended in second grade for repeating Bobcat Goldthwait's material <laughs> from his Showtime special yeah. at the talent show. And it was when he had like uh, he was that's watching. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I did crazy. a killer Bobcat Goldthwait, but then they thought I was going to do stuff from like Police Academy. But then I started doing like his Showtime special material, which if you've ever seen Bobcat Goldthwait, who by the way is one of the most badass, especially in the '80s out of Boston. I mean, this he really is, was wasn't this he? was a guy who just like like made everyone look like they were doing nursery school material. Can you back off that mic for a minute and, and give me a little of? Um, I was doing um. Um, commercial <laughs> with Nancy Reagan, and I had a gun in my hand, and I put out a coat, and she said, "Just say no," you know, or whatever. Well, you I can't did that do in the well. second that, grade. Yeah, wow, I can't, do, I can't do it as well. But now. to Russ, that's incredible. for that, I mean, that's really more of a <laughs> jealousy thing. Yeah, where the well, principal yeah. is like, "Fuck, that kid's well, they, way but, better than I'll ever be well, at anything." Everyone was liking it because at first I was just like doing the voice, and then then I was like. Gun in my hand, pile of coke, Nancy Reagan saying, just say no. And I forget what the punchline is, but, like, I did that famous Bobcat Goldthwait bit. And kids don't know that, so they're just laughing at the funny voice? And they're laughing at the voice, and the teachers are like, oh, fuck. The gym teacher, of course, was into it, you know? Yeah. The 80s gym teacher, of dude, course, every Brian, gym Callen, teacher, Brian Callen's into it, you know? Dude, every gym teacher, <laughs> and we can go around the room talking about all of our gym teachers. My high school gym teacher's name was Mr. Supplin. He was also the baseball coach and would get high as fuck before every health class and literally go walk in and be like, all right, so, um, 
shit, I don't know, man. Like, you got to eat good. <laughs> like, we got, you got veggies and shit. Like, just don't fucking, don't get super fucked up and just eat pizza all the time. I had Especially- a driver's ed teacher who was drunk all the time. Jesus. Like, you could smell it on him. He was definitely drinking <laughs> in his car. And what he's was like, his name? Yeah, I, I forget. It was like, use your turn signal, kids. You know, like, <laughs> my driver's ed <laughs> teacher you know, was gonna- blind. <laughs> and, yeah. Like the guy who taught was the your class. Bar- was, your, was your barber bald? <laughs> no, but the guy... Okay, it was a separate guy who went on the road teach, to teach you, obviously, because they can't have a blind guy driving. And the guy who they had going on the road with me fell asleep every time I would drive with him. Because oh, you were so safe. My God. No, <laughs> because he was so narcoleptic. I was a terrible driver. <laughs> Oh so God. wait, so then he would wake up and you'd be like face down in a ditch and he was like, <laughs> you pass. <laughs> I'll pass you if we don't tell anybody. About I haven't this. seen driving like that before in my life. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they. OK, so. No. Um, what, were, what were we talking I was about? Trying, no, my wife You're, told me to make sure I listen. Make sure I don't talk over. For real? Because I get really excited. You do. And, but and I think not, you're good at that. So you're talking awkward. about Bobcat. That's well, right. well so that, I always wanted to be a comic, but then... So they suspended you. Well, they suspended me, and then, I, like I said, I was always a bad, like, a, a kid who had trouble or whatever. So then, once uh, it's junior year, I switched that high school. What do you mean trouble? Just, um, my house... my team. <laughs> Just, uh, I've always had emotional problems. He's fragile. You yeah. know, he's very fragile. Yeah. You know, just violently freaking out. I went to spaz camp when I... You know, you've seen my stand-up. I used to... I went to spaz camp, which was a camp for kids with the ADHD. Wow. And then there were other more, like, handicapped... Like, Please like tell spaz me it was kids. called spaz camp. No, it was called rat camp. there was a picture camp. of Tasmanian devil on a t-shirt. <laughs> there was only one activity. It was a moon bounce. And you had to wear a helmet and well, boxing. Yeah, club. like I said, every activity was only 15 minutes long. So you got a lot done in a day. You had arts and crafts, swimming. And it was called Round Lake Camp because every kid generally just ran around... You did a lot in a day, but nothing got accomplished. Nothing got done. And also, you weren't allowed to have sugar and artificial flavors and stuff like that because it made every kid like me hyper. So, so much withdrawal. So, I was running an underground, of course, prison network of selling candy. Like at, in heavyweights. Yeah, at the spaz camp. I, I totally love that part of that movie. Remember when they pull out the bottom of the, bu- the, the bunk bed and there's movie. all the snacks? I was mm-hmm. that kid. I was like, what do you need? Twix? You need fucking Milky Ways? I got that shit. <laughs> Open I your got you, boo. All feet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, um, and then, so, once I switched high school's junior year and I actually got taken into this theater program I started doing eight shows a year and blah 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 I got a scholarship to AMDA which was a musical theater conservatory so you were good yeah and then I I did my first set of stand up when I was 19 in 1999 at Caroline's and 300 people showed up to see me everyone I'd ever known everyone drove up Everyone drove up. And also, my family was originally from New York. So I just had so many people there. And was, I just, was Phoenix there? Phoenix wasn't there, but, <laughs> but a lot of the staff from Shampoo was there. It was so funny that you say that. Please tell me but give a shout out. coincidentally, they were all alumni of university. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, what you call it? Then it just sort of went from there. And then uh, I went to school for theater. Wait, I want to hear more of the theater days, though, just because that's such a big part of my life. Oh, well, I did. I did. Tons of musicals. Like uh, senior year, I was the Nazi in Cabaret. Yeah. Is it 6 o'clock? It's 5 to 6. I, where are you going to move it? Uh, you edit this? You know what? Sit down. If you get a ticket, I'll pay for it. Because I'm parked right there, too. Yeah. You sure? And I think you're going to be fine. But I don't want to break the flow. Because Dara will yell at me. We've got 30 more minutes. Do you have to move it? I think so. Or they tow it? Yeah, it says... There's parking until six. I'll be right. I'm back. just parked right out in front of your building. I'll park in front of the building. Go park in front of the building. 
We'll keep going. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. As long as yeah. Dara has that on record, Dara, Dara, you heard Adam say that. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, uh, um, uh, what should we call it? Um, so I, m- musicals were the go-to. South Pacific, all that stuff. But then I was doing plays too, and then I wrote and directed uh, a play for the One Act Festival, and that's when I knew I wanted to write and direct as well and do stuff like that. But um, the best was you'll love this. Cherry Hill, New Jersey, is one of the densest Jewish populations. In, in the country and in the world, just that region, there's five synagogues within a few miles. There's uh, the third largest JCC in the country. I was in Jewish Youth Group, which is a huge Jewish fraternity. Me too, yeah. Were you in AZA? Yeah. B- BBYO? Yes. You were in AZA? That sounds really familiar. Olive Zadig Olive was, was, was the male. That sounds really familiar. And then BBG were the girls. Yes. And B'nai B'rith Youth Group was yes. the organization. Yes. I was president of McCor Shalom, chapter number 2098. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I was kicked out of Spring Thing uh, for having a quarter ounce of weed on me. Thank you. So you know it. All young Jewish kids smoke. That might be where I first I couldn't. I was like, it's a, it's a convention of Jews in the woods. I, was, I thought I was supposed to bring wood. Yeah. <laughs> weed, uh, weed, not wood. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> bring wood and oil. <laughs> Isn't that what's great, too, about like those camps? It's like camps are great because you do grow up in a sense, but it's still so juvenile and, and um, everyone's still so – but there's like I don't know. There's still the awkwardness of any sort of like with the different groups. But people kind of come together a little bit more at camp. Well, Almost. yeah, and also the counselors. You know what I love about Wet Hot American Summer is that the counselors, once the counselors, the kids go to sleep, it's their time to grow and yeah. to have these formative years of their life. Yeah, I never really experienced that. Like I went to a lot of camps, but I never really got to go back to those camps and be a counselor. Not that anyone would want to be a counselor at Spaz Camp. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what work what 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 work program for, huh? yeah, I don't know what like work for parole program <laughs> those assholes got. Actually Adam, you'll love this. You know how I learned how to do all the accents and the voices was that a lot of the counselors that they would convince to be counselors at Spaz Camp were people who were earning their work visas. So all Shut of my up. counselors were Scottish and not like Braveheart Scottish. I mean like regular Scottish. So when they woke up in the morning, they'd be like, it's time for breakfast. Take your fucking riddle and your goddamn spazzes. And don't eat all the fucking pancakes before I get down there. You know, or whatever. Are you kidding me? And then, yeah. and then, that's, I mean, that's... Uh, so, I mean, Scottish, who else? I mean, there was uh, just... Then we had, we, we had British. So the first time that I did stand-up, for real, was um, not the Bobcat Goldthwait thing, was at Spaz Camp, which, of course, is my target audience. <laughs> and um, I did it at nine years old. And Did you have f- jokes about being it was all It was all about being... Um, at Spaz Camp, but it was about dealing with these counselors who I don't understand. Oh, my because God, Because they would dude. walk into your bunk at night. They'd be like, Oi, put out your torch. And I'd be like, it's not working. You know, like a little... <laughs> and, of course, all the Spaz would be like, uh, uh, uh. You know, every joke worked. Every joke killed. Dude, so you would just <laughs> hear these accents and the way they would talk and just, like, absorb everything. Just like uh, the everything. TV, I would be able to repeat anything I hear on the TV. Anybody I would hear and was like um that. so So they had a Spaz talent show. They did. They had Spaz Talent Show, and so and and but I would sing Wasn't very and do long. jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was mostly the counselors. Okay, that they would perform. They would perform. Um, so then, so did you sing at all at this past? I would, I, I would sing. You know, my mom went to school for musical theater and yeah. was a classically trained singer. So yeah. I've been a singer forever. I was always a singer, even when I was very, very little. My mom would take me to things and blah blah blah. And she was a seamstress in musical, so I'd be in the chorus. And oh my god! Do you remember what uh, any musical specifically? King and I. 
you that know, resonated. Peter Pan, yeah, anything where they can, like, anything where I wasn't that nationality and they were going to definitely offensively paint the child that way to yeah. seem as if they were in that chorus, I was in that musical. Uh, Peter, <laughs> like, Peter Pan was a big one. That's, Peter Pan I think was for a big any one. kid. I remember that. I saw that Peter Pan, I think, TV musical. Yeah. With the Oliver is, is a big one with yeah. lots of kids. I, I did that one. Um, I did uh, Gypsy. I did Annie. I did, you know, I did every, sh- every show. And you wrote a musical, right? I wrote a musical called Gangsta Pella, which is uh, my favorite thing in the world, uh, Gangsta Pella. Combining two of the most opposite things in the world, <laughs> gangsters and acapella That's music. That's right. Yeah, well, well and, and Sandy will appreciate this, and you, I think you too, Adam, is that I went to school for musical theater. I graduated very high in my class. All of them were going – are all on Broadway now, every single one who graduated – and really went for it. They went into musical theater, and we know just like stand up, that's a 16 year journey of yeah. doing cruise ships and national yeah. tours and never seeing your family. So I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to be a comic. Um, but I did want to do a, I want to do a Broadway musical, and I know my mom would, has always wanted me to do that. So I wanted to write a musical that I can do, but I can also smoke weed, say fuck, slap bitches, get money. And the people from Philly who I grew up with wouldn't be like, you know, this guy's a you, fig. You go to New York, I wear your short shorts. So what did you wax your fucking tape? You know, before you wrote your musical, <laughs> tell your vagina to text me. You know, and um, and uh, what's it called? So Gangsta Pella was a way of taking all these musicians and musical theater actors and putting them into a musical, but that was more R-rated. And so we ended up running for a bunch of months in a row, and yeah. then we ended up opening for all these cool bands. And then that band you met with me, the Kin, the Kin, we would open for them. Um, Ele- would open for how long was the show? Well, we after we did the musical, which yeah. was like an hour, like black box theater, yeah. sort of structured improv musical, not improv, but structured yeah. sort of musical. Um, we would just do like three song or two song sets opening okay, okay. at different rock clubs. Kind of giving a little tease of being, yeah, like, hey, Knitting come. Factory, Cine, you name it, at Cool Rock Club, we would we would I, open for. How would these um, audiences? Because um, any sort of opener, like even. A comedian sometimes, like, you know, just just doing this New Kids on the Block cruise, I was a little apprehensive being like, they're here for them, like, and I'm going to be doing something completely different. But it, but it was great because they were just so, like, oh, cool, entertainment, more, something different. So I'm assuming that they, these bands, audiences were like that. Well, they didn't, they didn't, at first, I mean, the cool thing about Gangsta Pella is that it's still like, it's my version of Tenacious D or Spinal yeah. Tap, and yeah. that's what I always wanted to have. So we generally will come out, do a song, get everybody kind of to get with it. And then it, it always really just deteriorates into an argument and yeah. pistol whipping and <laughs> fighting and, and, and all that. It always deteriorates into us getting into a fight and then making up and then doing a song together so great. out of it. So um, because we all knew each other, after a while, we didn't really have to you know, rehearse too much or whatever. But then once I moved to Los Angeles, it became harder. Then it was almost an animated series, and that took about two years of development. And yeah. then that and then didn't work out. Color Me Bad tried to sue you for the rights. Then Color Me Bad tried story. to sue me for the rights. Uh, and then, so The Kin, that was, was that one of your favorite groups that you met and became friends with? Yeah, they actually how I learned to do Australian is because they're two Australian brothers, yeah. and they're like, they sing harmony. And now they've been opening for Coldplay, and they're like Coldplay, no except way. they're like two guys, basically. They are. They were incredible, and here's how incredible they were. And we we touched on this briefly uh, at the start. With I, I had met up th- this this night when we I think it was the, it was the same four days when we did the show for your right. DVD. And taping. he asked for you to be on the show, and I said yes, and I ran into you that night. Yeah, and I had met up with my ex, right, who lived out there, still. right, and uh, my ex from college, and and uh, and we. Um, uh, 
life. I was eating next to Rock Hill or Rock, Rockwood Music Hall. Yeah. I was eating the gluten-free pizza they have next door. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> outside. And I saw you and I said, Adam, it's me. It's Russ. And you, you looked. you describe the look on my face? I, like I said, you looked like you had seen a ghost's vagina. <laughs> well, dude, keep in mind, this is a the- ghost. Ghost's vagina. So this is, a, this is an ex of mine who we ended, yeah. <laughs> she, you know, things ended sourly because, um, you know, hey, sometimes you get lonely and you, uh, and you fuck another dude. Uh, but, uh, but enough about Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Uh, Good night, everybody. No, so she, uh, so I hadn't seen, so feelings, there was never really closure. And, and, and then, but then enough time had gone by to where, at least a year where I was like, I think I can see her now. And she'd gotten in, uh, she was doing grad school out there and working for the news and, and NBC. And we met up and it was really great because emotions have been able to be put aside, I thought. And then we had like dinner and a couple drinks and then she left and I went to go meet up with you. So I'm coming, I'm, it was just the first time I'd like been around her since things had, and it just stirred up so much shit and made me like, and then I'm in New York where, I was doing, you know, I would fly back and forth. Working at Universal for three years, I would spend my Wolverine money on tickets to New York and go back and forth right. like twice a month for three years. So, like, New York had, was, that was what New York was to me. The only time I'd been to New York before that was in 10th grade for my uh, 10th grade Hebrew school trip <laughs> that our rabbi took us on and said, watch this. Uh, he, he told us, he goes, uh, uh, don't get too far behind and, and keep your hands on your butts because they'll steal your wallets. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. I was like, what? What's going on? New York. And you're New like, York. Rabbi, I don't have a wallet. Yeah. I'm fucking 10. Yeah, I'm 10. <laughs> so that was New York. So my New York experience was, was all my ex-girlfriend. So now all the memories come flushing back because I see her there. And it was just so that's. You saw me. So fresh you saw off. me, and and then I said, I said, Adam, what's what's wrong? You know, you sat down, you start laying this on me, yeah. <laughs> and I and I'm and I'm like and I'm like, it's gonna be okay. Now listen, oh, and this, and my exact words to you were, I go, listen, Adam, the one thing you can count on, very in, soothing in times like this, is music, and luckily for you, my friends are playing next door. That's why I'm here. Let's go see them, and it was packed. And when I tell you packed. It was their second stage, so it was the smaller, the smaller side room they have yeah. where the bar is. Yeah. But now, of course, now they're playing arenas all over the world and all Jesus. this stuff. And we used to play sh- coffee shops together, me and them, double bill, in a coffee shop the size of this table. Like, so we go in, and Adam's looking around. And he's like, okay, okay. There's girls everywhere, especially Australian girls and, and blonde girls, America, because like, they love these guys. And then me and Adam sort of sneak into the middle, kind of near the stage. I'm watching, you know, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, Isaac just goes, I want to take a minute. Say hello to the legend, Russ Kooten there. Yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. Like, right in the middle of the set. And Adam, like, looks at me. And, I, of course, I'm trying to play it cool like I knew I was that cool, like, this whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I, I try to tell you guys all the time that I'm, I'm always, like, I'm like a little kid. Like, I always want everybody to like me and be, yep. be my friend. And yep. I always feel like everybody thinks I'm... I'm like awkward or something and so it was like the coolest thing that ever happened and so adam's looking at me like what and i was yeah. like yeah man yeah hey you know I, yeah man you know uh yeah yeah, tri- yeah you chest know. Swelled up. of course inside and I, I can tell you this now to your face inside i'm like yes of course yes i look cool in front of adam and adam's cool and everyone at the conference store thinks adam's cool and everyone's starting to think i'm kind of cool and sandy likes me and sandy thinks adam's cool so maybe they'll think i'm cool yeah but guess what i already thought you were cool but guess what i'll be straight up yeah man in my head i go fucking russ knows the kin <laughs> the kin just gave a shout out to russ and this band is 
possibly the reason that's going to get me over my emotional turmoil <laughs> after having feelings pop back up after seeing my ex who cheated on me, but I still might be in love See, with that's her. What now I I'm listening to two Australians harmonize and feeling okay about life again. Thank you, Papa Russ. That's and, what I thought. And then the next night was the show, right? And then the next night was the show, which, by the way, I just actually... Wait, wait, real quick. I want to say, though, I listening to how beautiful these men's voices were, and just and just you put me a little bit of ease with just, you know, you're going to be all right. You were very just Jewish mother in that moment. And then this group, they played like... It was almost... It was such a beautiful song that, like... It, it didn't. It helped to bring to calm me down, but it also just like Abraham. heightened the emotions because it was so. It was almost like I heard them singing like, "It's gonna be okay, Adam. <laughs> it's okay that you still love her. Being in New York's gotta be crazy again. Don't think about her too much, cause it's gonna end terribly." Just listen to your friend Russ. Yeah. Just He's going to make you feel okay. <laughs> We're going to harmonize about your feelings. You're going to feel the same that you did yesterday. Dude, it was that beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it was that beautiful. And so then I texted her and was like, immediately, like, it was almost like, and I wish they would have seen me and been like, don't text her now. That's a bad idea. So I'm just going straight to the phone and I'm like, it was so great seeing you today. I go, I'm at this bar. And then I basically just pulled such a fucking emotional I move. I know you did that. Where I was like, I had this bar and the band is so great and I'm thinking of, like, and just I being here. I did is, that to keep you from doing that and I'm now like, I know oh, no, be, that the no, end of the story Nothing was, was going to hold me that. back from sending an emotional text. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me now. <laughs> emotional regretful text. Wait, what was that? Wait, wait, hold on. That's, That's from, uh, Step by Step? No. no I perfect, perfect Strangers. Strangers. Yeah. Oh, Sometime. nothing's going to stop yeah, stop me now, and then the harmonica or the sax. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's a sax. It's, it's a harpsichord. It's a harp. It's a digital harpsichord. All right, I've heard better digital harpsichord impressions, yeah. but we get the point, right? Actually, no. What's so funny is that, that you say that. You know, when I saw you open for Adam Devine in Philly. He did that great bit about his audition for Pitch Perfect yeah. and how he wasn't really a singer, so he ended up he just He thought singing. it was a, um, a baseball movie. <laughs> right, he thought it was a baseball movie. He thought he was going to be out there being like the, the, the wisecracking catcher that yeah. was like, he thought, throw it up. Yeah, throw him a curve, throw him a curve. He won't see it coming. Yeah, <laughs> and so he ends up doing the um, uh, Family Matters song yeah. as his audition. And that's funny because, you know, what I used to do is that I didn't used to have a ballad for a few years because I had lost my music book, so I didn't yeah. have all my arrangements. So um, I used to just uh, sing the Perfect Strangers song as a ballad in auditions. Do you know it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm prepared to do it as beautifully, okay. but um, I, I could do it a little. But yeah. I, I was so mad because I love that bit of Adam's, and I was yeah. like, oh, I can never use that bit. But um, Why? Because I do more as a ballad, like, sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing can be arranged. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. You know, like... And I, Dude, I saw you mind-playing <laughs> the piano right there. <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I did the Jason Robert Brown, you know, because yeah. I know you know him and oh, that yeah, freaks man. me out. Because I, li- I listen to him every day. So, so I would do that at an audition. And one time I actually got the callback off of it. Holy shit. So I love the Perfect Strangers. There are so... The Perfect Strangers song is so great. So many of... And I know that people from this decade feel the same way, and people that don't just don't get it. But if you go back and compare 
the theme songs of 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 yesteryear, and I mean the '90s to now. It's like night and day. Well, they don't even do theme songs now. They just do that. That they do like little bit of music or something, like it, uh, Thirty Rock does. It's just a little bit of music. I mean, it's just like I mean, Family Ties. That's one of Sandy and I's favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. I bet we've been together for a million years, and I bet we'll be together for a million more. Oh, it's like I started breathing on the night we kissed. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? Sha-la-la-la. Wait, nothing's sha- better wait, no, than the sha na na nothing, nothing, Oh, yeah. Also, also, they're being sketched. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Remember, that's amazing. That was amazing. And especially back then, there were, they, they, people could do that on their phones nowadays. That was an impressive effect. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. an amazing effect. Actually, the, growing, just... the Growing Pains one might be one of the best because of the harmonies. Again, like yeah. musically, it's like, who are these people singing? I think it was like the, the person who sang the Beauty and the Beast uh, <laughs> sound, song. Like the, those... Well, Alan Thicke wrote uh, Growing Pains, Different Strokes, and... Um... What? Alan Thicke wrote the theme song to Growing Pains, Different Strokes, and... So Robin Thicke gets his musical talents from yeah. Alan Thicke. I've actually written and for Alan Thicke. And Alan Thicke used to hang out at the comedy store back in the day. Yeah, and I've written for him. He's a, Honestly, he's gotta, actually a really funny I dude. get him on this podcast. Yeah. Well, I, you'd have Alan Thicke here. Oh, God. Is I got a, a gr- message from him once, and it said, hey, Russ. Alan Thick here. You didn't have to say that, dude. It says <laughs> Alan Thick on the fucking. <laughs> he did have to say. No, he did. Like, I if I was him. Alan Thick, I would always speak in. Uh, I needed. Yeah. I needed him to do that. You know what the best theme Alan song was? Alan Thick wants his burger medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> show me that smile. Oh, show me that smile. Alan... Don't waste another minute on your crying. <laughs> Alan Thick likes tapas because they're small portions of delicious. Um, <laughs> no, you know what the best theme song is though and it's on tv one twice a week was mr belvedere do you remember mr belvedere like strings on the corner never, never happened before <laughs> who came and the wall stand the jacket there's never before no one glad <laughs> as old that this damn ball is stand damn boston that's down a new arrival life is more than mere survival <laughs> Looks like we might get the good life yet. Wait, I, I need that one more time for video. Because I just watched a guy with a giant Star David and a tank top cross his eyes and imagine wearing a top hat and sing the Mr. Belvedere theme song. <clears throat> Me and my wife love Mr. Belvedere. Drop kick the jacket. <laughs> Never have a before. Who cares? Open the jacket. Never happened before, no one glad. And a wall set this and bonus and and Boston man. According to our new arrival, life is more than mere survival. Looks like we might live a good life yet. Ding, 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 ding. This spaz brought to you by Milagro. <laughs> Dude, that was. I mean, hey, it wasn't my best. No, you know it what? wasn't my best. Uh, I couldn't get down there. I couldn't get down there. But that's how that guy sounds. Do you sing in your stand-up? I I have started to yeah. a little bit. Yes, um, I, I used to 
a bit. And um, do you sing to your kids? Yes, every day. Yeah, every day. As a matter of fact, it's funny that you mentioned that. My new daughter Sophia, who is a month old, uh, who is a month old, just a few days over a month old, Lachaim, my beautiful Sophia Beatrice. Um, I sing. Name is uh, Rocco. Rocco Giovanni. They are pizza bagels. My wife is Italian Guinea. I am a Jew. uh, And uh, Rocco is four. Um, He's the man. Uh, but Sophia, she's a baby, um, and uh, I sing the Lion King musical to her every day because it used to calm Rocco down. And not just calm him down, it calms him down and puts him to sleep, but it's, I don't know if it's the African drums or everything, but it's just like kids like it. Um, the, uh, f- from the original soundtrack? No, the Broadway musical <laughs> yeah. I sing. So I sing all of the operetta parts or whatever for Sophia, but I also do all the... the the, the chorus chants. Oh and I turned God. to Darren and I said, you know what? I, I'm a little nervous because I, I think Sophia thinks we're African. <laughs> you know, I, think her, I think her first words are going to be like, a John, that's a man and a meat and a mana. Hey, in a perfect world, those will be her first words. Yeah, as a bonus and a beat. You know, like, you, know, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, no, I love I love singing to the kids, and actually I sing a lot of musicals to them. The only problem is is that all of my favorite musicals are usually where like a Jew wrongly accused of murder in post Civil War Georgia <laughs> is, is is killed or yeah, you or, can't <laughs> sing you can't sing the opening number to Gangsta Pella. For yeah, or or like a New Brain, like I love a New Brain, which is a William Finn musical. It's about a gay guy who has a brain tumor who's gonna die and doesn't know <laughs> if he can commit to his boyfriend, and all of these like sad. sad Sad, horrible yeah, but things. when they're that age, they don't know. Yeah, they so I'm know. singing this song, and the Dara goes, "Is that song about how he's gonna die during yeah. his surgery? What's wrong with day? Rubber Ducky? Can you chill with the AIDS musical?" <laughs> she's like, "She's like, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't sing Rent to him, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe do." And 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 I don't think there's enough dads singing to their kids, quite honestly. Yeah. I, you know, I have a friend that grew up doing musicals, and now he's in politics. But I hung out with him last time I was back home. In Michigan. Ben Carson. <laughs> Yes, I went to high school with Ben Carson. How'd you know? But he uh, he records himself singing on his iPhone, and he plays it for his baby in the car. Oh, that's, that's neat. That's, that's actually so, a good idea. I was idea. just going to say, a great you, idea. you might want to think Well, because I already had to do it not over... Not having to strain your vocal cords. Well, I had to do it over video phone today. I sang to her today. Nice. Because yeah. she really does expect me to do that. How How is this the longest you've spent away from them in a while? This is the longest I'm going to spend away. Yeah, being away for a week from my, my family is, is a new thing. What is that like? Um, Describe what you're going through. Right <laughs> I'm not... I, I, I know I shouldn't worry about my wife because she's the reason that I'm here she's and the dressed best. and have clothes and all, all my... Tra- everything. Um, I just... You know, I feel bad because I feel like she has to do it on her own, but she doesn't because that's why we moved home. She has her mom down the street. Great. My parents 20 minutes away. And I know he has all kinds of activities this week, so I know that they really went out of their way to, like... <clears throat> make sure, sure daddy's not... Uh, the yeah, make sure he's isn't... busy and, and everything. But, you know, I do the drop-offs in the morning. I do the pickups in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm really Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom, during the day. And then I put on my Batsuit. I get in my black Ford Focus, which is a Batmobile to me. The world sees a Ford Focus, but I see a Batmobile. And I get <laughs> Hey, so when did Russ lose his mind? Well, I told everybody he was driving the Batmobile. <laughs> it's I a can, Ford Focus, I can, It's just a bad mobile. <laughs> it has Bluetooth, okay? It has Bluetooth. He keeps and, calling Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> I, 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 I thought his kid's name was Rocco. <laughs> Rocco. Th- <laughs> he calls his father-in-law Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> 
Wait, didn't you and your son dress up like Spider-Man together or something? Uh, Show we, me some We picture. were Batman and Robin here. Uh, I'll get... Uh, well, we're, this is a podcast. The picture's not going to... Oh, yes. Uh, he's, he was, <laughs> he's Team Titans Go, Robin. Please pull it out and show Sandy can you, if you want. Yes. Can you do it in... Um, do, what's the code for the computer so people can imagine it? Uh, at Ruskin. Oh, one, one, oh. Oh, oh, zero, 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 Binary code. Yeah, there's, there's a picture of me actually. On your Instagram. On my Instagram of me and Rocco dressed as Batman and Robin impatiently waiting for our smash burger the other day. Because we did a special Halloween. We went to our family's houses and trick-or-treated. Great idea. To, because I wasn't going to be there yep. for the real Halloween. Um, and uh, What's the Instagram where people can see that? At Russ Gutin, R-U-S-G-U-T-I-N. Yeah. And that's where I'm at on Twitter and all those other things, RussGutin.com. Where did Papa Russ come from? You know, at the comedy store in my stand-up, I started calling myself Uncle Russ. Yeah. And it was getting a laugh, and then that started to stick, and then I sort of became an uncle in a way because I was running the show, all these shows, and giving everybody spots, and everyone was like, Uncle Russ, can I pop in? And then, and then it sort of became a thing. But then when I found out I was going to be a dad, I went to the comedy store that night. I remember sharing it with all my friends, and uh, um, I remember – I think it was Tony Hinchcliffe. To be honest, Papa Ross. I think he goes. You're not an uncle anymore. You're a papa now. <laughs> and I said, "What?" He goes, "Now you're Papa Ross." And I said, "That's it. I'm Papa Ross." And I, I didn't expect it to stick. By the way, but... Tony did the same thing when Snoop changed from Snoop Dogg to Snoop Lion. <laughs> I think you're Snoop Lion. Yeah, you're Snoop Lion. Let me <laughs> did ask you that for every name change. Were you was was Rocco planned? <sighs> Rocco was an idea that we had, and uh-huh. then it didn't work. And then we said, you know what? Let's just wait until after you graduate, and then we'll try again. But then uh, on Christmas, before my wife graduated with her master's, she made the seven fishes on Christmas uh, that the Italians do. And I ate that. That's got a lot of zinc. It's good for the splooge. And uh, all I could say is uh, we, did it, we did it on Christmas. And, uh, uh, so how many, <laughs> how many attempts? I, I must have, and I'll tell you, I must have done it this twice. Um, we did it on Christmas, and three weeks later, sure as shit, I'm smoking a bowl. And it was right the night after I had a huge set at the comedy store. It was the first time Tommy had ever been nice to me. I had a huge set at the comedy store. I'm standing at my balcony. I'm smoking a bowl. I was like, I finally got Los Angeles figured out. And all of a sudden, she goes, Russell, I need you to go to the CVS. I go, why? Are you sick? She goes, no, I'm pregnant. And I was like, <laughs> or whatever. So apparently, I knocked it out, uh, walk off Homer. And then, <laughs> and then this time, uh, I recorded Legal Guardian. Uh, You're the week- Joe Carter of getting girls pregnant. I am, or at least my wife. <laughs> and um, last it took me a while. Sorry, I was trying to think of somebody who had a walk off home run. Don't ever mention Joe Carter to a Phillies fan. That's oh, yeah. uh, that's the worst. Sorry um, about that. Oh my God, seventh grade. You're the because um, I'm a Phillies Yankees fan. You're the Carlton Fisk of. Uh, and um, exactly <laughs> yes. And uh, all right, so so this is big news. You're- so then last year. We taped Legal Guardian right before Christmas, and then Legal Guardian, I, the name of your my album, Legal Guardian on iTunes. Please, please uh, go get it. It's buy hilarious. it for Rocco's uh, college fund. And um, <laughs> thank you, Adam. I really hope uh, it's like hilarious. It. I do. Lo- I actually, I'm just going to say this while I'm talking. Adam and Sandy are two of my personal favorite comics, and I have yeah. nothing to gain thank from you. saying that because neither of them are powerful enough to do anything and or to get me in a movie or anything. So I could say this <laughs> to them completely genuinely. Thanks, That's Adam. what you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to make a talk like that. Uh, my wife and I, though, both really, truly think Adam and Sandy are two of the best of the best of the best. Um, so last year we Thanks, taped buddy. Legal Guardian. The night after, we had a date uh, for our first date in like months. We yeah. went on a date. 
uh, we did it. New Year's Eve. She came home and she said, sorry if I was. And it was New Year's Eve. It was the first New Year's I wasn't working in, in seven years. We we're all excited. I have everything set up. The kid was asleep. I have everything made. And she goes, sorry if I seem scattered on the phone while I was at Walmart. It's just I went into the bathroom and this happened. And she handed me the pregnancy stick for the second baby. Whoa. And at that date that we had had after Legal Guardian, the reason that this was the kicker was we had had that conversation that couples have, which is, are we going to try Put it in again? in the butt tonight. Oh. Or are we? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. And the answer is hey, a I've been so- out of the game for a no, while. No, it's a all solid right. no. It's a solid no. All right. Solid no on that. I've, and I've revisited it several times. Solid no. Uh, she told me. She told it's me, a loose no. <laughs> it's a loose no. No, she told me if I wanted to stick it in someone's ass, I can go to the comedy store. Um, so, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> so and she, she said, she said, she said, you know what those people are willing to do for stage time. And, um, and uh, <laughs> that's at Russ Guten on Twitter. <laughs> and at Darren, did, no, um, uh, uh, we had had that conversation where it's like, are we going to try for another kid yes. or are we going to be one? It was and on done? the table. And we said, no, let's have, let's raise one super. Supreme Court justice and be done with it. Like we shook on it. We were like, you know, shook on it. And that was it. So that's why this was a surprise because it was not our plan. And so a, a welcome surprise, obviously. I of mean, course. but I mean, it's only natural to have to look at it. So when she says, and then this happened, I mean, you have to you know, allow yourself to have a honest reaction. I was terrified. And also I had just poured all that money and effort into the legal guardian thing. And I wasn't even finished it yet. Like we hadn't even started cutting it yet. So yeah. I had really worked a whole year on that or at least the six months leading up to it or whatever. So not only was, did I not, <laughs> was I not emotionally prepared for the baby? I was like, honey, I, we can't have a baby right now I'm making this thing. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, that's not a reason you, you fucking nim can poop. And um, so, but you know, after a few hours, honestly, I was okay. And I will tell you this, and I, and I'm going to say this just in general, cause I'm a 16 year comic and I can say this. Having a life outside of comedy is imperative. When I knew that Sandy had finally met a nice girl and got married and everything, it made me so happy because yeah. And, and, so I'll use, the best. and I'll Thanks. use Sandy as sort of the example. And I was saying this about your stand-up earlier, is that you are really excellent, okay? And you do do other things that make you stand out, and it's not a cover-up for, fa- for material that you don't have. It's just accoutrement and, and extra stuff that you add. And then when I saw you get married, the reason I got so excited and I got a comedy boner, as they say, <laughs> as no one says, um, is that I thought, oh, my God, now Sandy's going to have this whole other life that informs him and his material and, and, and what he's doing. And so the world's really not ready for Sandy to deliver his have perspective. Stuff, have something to say. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Sandy's going to be like, take my wife, please. And I, obviously none of us like that kind of stuff. But I no, will say this. But, oh, go sorry, ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. The minute that we were pregnant with Rocco, the minute that we were pregnant now with Sophia, and I was scared and I was terrified, or back with Rocco, I was working at a restaurant and didn't know if I, you know, when am I going to make it or blah, 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 or yeah. whatever that is. Or with Sophia, I'm finally starting to make it. I, I, I can't focus on that now or whatever it is. Um, the, one, the one constant that I found was and in, in my career, once the audiences started to like me was when I said, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm terrified. I, and once my material really was saying that to the people, they loved it. So Interesting. I don't know. That's how I react to life. Some people react to life through sarcasm or whatever it is. I just want to implore every comic to have a life outside of comedy. 
It made you more honest and tapped into... Absolutely. It just made you more aware, I was right? always funny. I was always a good writer. I was always a good performer. Yeah, good stage presence. But now you just... You had a, a real purpose to, to talk. I need the audience. Yeah. I need them. I need, at the end of the day... Of, they like of, feeling like that. ...of changing diapers and everything, I need to freak out to them about having two babies in a one-bedroom apartment because it's fucking hard. But not just... <laughs> but, but, you're, you're also not, yeah, but you're not up there, too, just like... For therapeutic purposes. No, no. You're but I'm, still like cognizant of like, all right, I got to have jokes here. I'm, yeah, I but I'm saying I need, I need to express yes. these, th- th- this because I know that they go through it and I know I can be a person who can say these things yeah. about raising a kid that this guy who's a fucking accountant can never say. So right. I, I really enjoy it and, 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 and I'm grateful. And, to and there's something really powerful about like doing that with a room full of strangers than people that you know that are also going through it. Because I'm sure you've got other dads that you – you know, but they can rap with about certain things. Well, they want to talk to you after. <laughs> they do. I, I, they actually don't don't rap. They just do acapella. Yeah, they just do acapella rap. <laughs> and uh, no, they actually want to talk to me afterwards, and they and they do want to buy a Legal Guardian DVD because now they feel like they know me, or they feel right. like they've gotten to know me. Whereas I feel like. Um, you know, I was a political comedian after 9-11 for a long time, very angry. You know, my goal was really to make everybody upset. It wasn't, definitely wasn't to make everybody laugh. But like, so, you oh, know. really? You were, you were charged up after that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially having gone – being born in New York, living in New York when 9-11 happened, you know, after college and, and stuff like that, watching it from my rooftop, not on TV. What? Yeah, I lived in Elmhurst, wow. Queens. So we lived right across from there on 86th. So – when the first one hit, we went upstairs, which uh, the, the joke is, I don't know why we thought, oh, planes are falling out of the sky. We better go to the roof and, and see what's going on. Sure. I don't know why we. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my coach in the fifth grade who, who had stubby arms. Um, that's not really a, a necessary detail, but. He, uh, totally akin to 9 11. <laughs> no, no, but no, no. No, no, listen, listen, listen to the rest of the story. After a game, the game got called because of thunder and lightning, and he goes, before everybody gets out of here, everyone, quick team meeting under the this tree <laughs> and all the parents froze and i heard one dad go you fucking serious <laughs> and he was and we stood under the tree and waited for our uh to be struck by lightning anyway so you go to the roof just because plane well, i remember we watched the second plane from the rooftop Jesus a lot of my Christ. best friends who i lived with at that point um i'm actually going to see some of them tonight uh we were all together that day and you know we still all call each other that day and all that stuff so during that period certainly i was one of the first people to even do stand up that week yeah at Stand Up New York. Yeah, it took a while for anybody to feel comfortable. Later that week, I remember I was one of the first people to even go on. Fuck. How much of your uh, DVD is, is about your uh, kids? Uh, not, not all of it. A lot of it is also about... It my, is DVD and CD, right? It's, it's available as an album on Comedy Records on iTunes, and it's available uh, as a downloadable movie at ruskooten.vhx.tv. So, and then yeah. it'll be on Amazon and Prime in the new year. Awesome. Um, and uh, we're doing Legal Guardian Volume 2 next year um, at New York Comedy Club where we shot this one. The thing I want to tell you guys and everyone listening out there, you guys don't know this, my manager Emilio is the new owner. I've never had a manager either, is the new owner of New York Comedy Club. And they have completely reinvented that place. And I know that there was a little skerfuffle I think with some of the the battle controversy because I think the other version of battle's there. But that sort of has nothing to do with the fact that that club is like gone from about to close down to being like Awesome. That makes me very excited because I love uh, when stages just get better. And they just Uh, reinvent. And guys name Emilio. Yeah, Emilio's the man. Emilio! Emilio Savon. And I've never had a manager. I've never had someone who, like, put my picture on the wall. 
gave me that's awesome. You know, as much yeah. stage time as I want. Um, so when you guys are in New York, and for the listeners out there, when Sandy and Adam are, are in New York, I thought you were going to offer all the listeners to do stage. You time. guys could, you guys could do stage. <laughs> all of the listeners out there. No, I'm not. I'm saying that uh, I'll make sure that when you guys are in New York, we'll all three uh, be on a show together, That'd or be here at different times. Yeah, we'll do a show all together at New York Comedy Club like we did that other time. Yeah, we'll, we'll be the few that know you as Uncle Russ. Yes, yeah. and they'll be like Papa Russ. What's his Uncle yes, Russ? Because yes, yes. people in New York too, a lot of them they they don't even know you know that I lived in Los Angeles. Like they think I just started stand up like yeah. a few years ago and came to it later in life, which is weird. As long as the kin can be there and my ex girlfriend, yeah. they might see they might see us this week. Wait, are you leaving tomorrow? Uh, I go to Arizona tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the kin might come to Comedy Juice on Thursday because they oh, they're out here recording. Would now. love to hear them. Well, okay, but they're they're here recording. <laughs> I also could probably look up their music. Right? Yes. I'm, I'm assuming it's on okay. the internet. Uh, but Legal Guardian is not totally it's not it's more about my journey as a dad okay. and my food allergies and not wanting to give them to the kid and becoming like my parents. Do you have to and, see a separate version of the Peanuts movie? Yes, I do. Um, it has to be wheat-free, peanut-free, gluten-free and Lucy-free cuz Lucy's a cunt. <laughs> She's a judgmental cunt. Honestly, I, w- I wanted to honestly. end the podcast on that. <laughs> wait, wait, are you you have an, a nut allergy? No, I'm allergic to yeast, wheat, gluten, flour, dairy, and starches. So potatoes, rice, sugar. Jesus. As if it was already an ordeal to eat lunch with yeah. a Jew. Good thing he's not allergic to gluten. Yes. Well, that, that what my podcast was allergic Sorry, to Sorry, everybody. Allergic Sorry. to gluten? Allergic to gluten. I did one season, and we're going to do a special. Well, my special is Illegal Guardian. Illegal yeah. Guardian. Uh, <laughs> illegal. My, my new special is Anchor Baby, the Sandy Danto story. <laughs> <laughs> allergic uh, to gluten's a great thank you. shirt or allergic to gluten what we did one season uh, or anti-semitic mantra <laughs> <laughs> yes well but, but or or how most comics feel about my stand up and um and uh shots fired everybody shots about shots fired us. at himself Wait. about <laughs> yeah. how other comics feel about how he thinks um no, but Clark Parkhurst, who did Allergic to Goon with me, is not a comic. He's an amazing special effects artist and filmmaker and director. So that's why that was fun. It was just us talking about whether or not RoboCop still has junk. <laughs> so you do you love movies? And uh, you love, movies are my religion. You love um, uh, Marvel type stuff. Yeah, m- movies and superheroes. Action. Yeah, superheroes. Movies and superheroes is what I worship. So personally. real quick before we wrap this up, um, how how. How fascinated were you when you found out I played Wolverine at Universal Studios? <laughs> and be honest. Well, it was the best because did you, the best did you have to look? Hey, did you like Wolverine? Huh? You like the X Men? You like Doctor Xavier? You like mutants? I could do that. I could do that bit of yeah. Yours one of my hours. first bits. And by the way, true story. I know. It's the I didn't best know bit. shit. They gave me books and DVDs. And you didn't know anything and, about Wolverine? No. I thought you were. I thought that part was a put on. Fuck no. I didn't even know when they would. Uh, they would. Uh, they asked me in the audition. They were like, "What are your special? Uh, what are your um, skills?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I can." Uh, Play the ukulele <laughs> because Tony Danza can, uh, and I was just channeling Danza. Which, by the way, channeling Danza uh, is a I new reality tap, series I, oh, yeah. I'm selling to A and E. I can but, tap dance. Uh, I you can, like uh, those medium shows? I can. I can, do, I can I do that with Tony Danza, and that's it. But I can so, do a nice soft shoe. And, yeah, yeah. So then they were like, "What about healing on command?" I go, "Yeah, sure, if you like that kind of stuff." And they're just like, "Okay, this guy doesn't know shit about this, but he looks like it." And I made the two um, my two um, uh, gay bosses laugh. And they were like, he should be on, uh, well, on the Well, oh, I didn't know that. Now I, now I know how you got cast in that Wolverine Also the scene. hair and the fucking, you know. Yeah, and filling out, filling out the Logan, as yeah. they say. Um, but so, okay, so uh, you. I was you, fascinated that you did that. I what mean, do you love wild. about superheroes, though? Um, when I was, 
My house burned down when I was seven years old. Holy so shit. we lived in an apartment. Sorry about that. Thank you. Sandy, you fuck. My condolences. Thank you. I didn't do it. <laughs> by the way, I hate that, by the way. That might be a Larry David, like, like it's one of my, like, I bet he hates that too, but when I see people. Condo- what the fuck is a condolence? But also, yeah. it's like, it's such a cheap, like, easy yeah. way to get away yeah. with just, so like. Insincere. It's so insincere. It's so insincere. It was 1986. Yeah. It's okay. No, no condolence is necessary. Um, we rebuilt the house. It's fine. My right. parents still live there to this day. Um. That and then I also had a blood disease at the same time, so I ended up having Jesus to get my. Russ, we're trying to end yeah. on a fucking positive note. I'm telling man. you the positive note, you cocksucker. There's an uplifting <laughs> part to this story. You gotta suffer to have triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Rings on the corner. Never have a meatball. Okay, go back to what works, Russ. did the jacket. Go back to what works, and it's a Belvedere sing along. Never a meatball. And um, uh, so. So a lot of the times I was I was stuck in a hospital bed Jesus. or we were we were sitting around or whatever. So Lord of the Rings, superheroes, comic books, all of that stuff and even before then, but comic books and Lord of the Rings at a very very young age and movies became um so important because I had chronic ITP. I wasn't even really allowed to like do a lot of activities because mm. I would just roll over at night, and if I slept on my right side, my right side would be black and blue, and the teacher would think that my parents beat me. Oh, no. They'd be like, Russell, is everything okay at home? Sounds like you're at chronic ICP. Oh, oh. Sorry. No, no, you are a juggalo, so I know that you can't help it. <laughs> That's actually what Sandy does. That's how him and his wife met. They met at a juggalo at a gathering. Uh, at a juggalo juggalo gathering at a, at a jaggering. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, so that, that really became uh, my escape, my adventures, my friends. So when I um, – when my, my son doesn't know what a crucifix is or a star, from a Star of David, but he can tell you every, every symbol – Every secret identity, who's friends with who, who's good and bad sometimes. Who's, who's good and bad? Like, oh, good and bad. Um, but, like, like he's always... That's... Uh, he almost, like, does he almost like a Rain Man type ability, like, the way that he... The is... way that a church kid would, like, be spitting to you, like, Bible stories. Okay. He knows who Dr. Bruce Banner is. He knows the story. How happy does that make you? Uh, it, it, that's for me. That's, that's How old is he again? He's four. And you talk, so you have legit conversations with oh, him yeah, about dude. this shit. Oh, yeah. He loves it. And he you, loves basically, it. you basically were like, yo, I fucking made this thing with my dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like make sure exactly. that I can be buddies with him exactly. at age four and talk with him about the stuff that I like. Right, right. Exactly. And to, and to that but point. But he likes it. And yeah, and to that point, that it, it, Captain America is my friend. He's not. He's not. Like, I don't think of Superman or Batman as just characters. Like, they are there for me no matter what has happened to me. Yeah. Period. Wow. So the only... That's how you approached it when you were growing up and you were, had your disease and you were... Yeah. Same thing with Lord of the Rings, too. Like, I read Lord of the Rings very, very young. And so... Now, why not, why not like the Goonies or the cast of Designing oh. Women or something like that? <laughs> no, that too. But that too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Lord of the Rings and movies. Like, movies to this day... I really can't live without movies. I have to have a movie on while I'm working. I have to have a movie on while I'm sleeping. I have to have a movie on. Because they're there for you. All the time. I watch Lebowski before I perform. Uh, I watch every, Lebowski. Every time before I perform. Oh, my God. I watched Lebowski my sophomore year of college in my fraternity. Three uh, of us lived in one room. We put it on depending on who got home at what point. If the other two were asleep, <laughs> it would be on. Or if you got home first, you'd put it on. And we went to bed to it that whole year. Like, oh, fell asleep awesome. to it. Right. So hearing the... Yeah. yeah, I watch it before. Dude, yeah, as like, I warm put me to up sleep every day. And, and when I'm, if I'm ever in a position to have a rider in a contract, it will have to play in my green room. Coincidentally, like, I jerk off the Shanghai Nights. That's just funny. the soundtrack. That's so just funny. The soundtrack. That's so funny. 
Um, that's amazing, dude. So yeah. your, your connection goes very deep big, to that. Big time, big time. And uh, actually, one of the movies that I love, uh, another movie that is my favorite movie in the world is Goodfellas. And Luke Curry, who you guys know, is my best, uh, one of my best friends. But I would say he's my closest comedian friend. We've traveled, we've moved yeah. all my stuff cross country together. We've been through so many adventures together. He does the best, the best Joe Pesci uh, in the restaurant. So I'm sitting in the diner in the fucking weeds, you know. No one and Luke Luke is black from North Carolina. No one does Joe Pesci from Goodfellas better than fucking Luke Curry the second. You guys have to hear that. But Goodfellas too. That's a movie yeah. that I'll turn on every day while I'm hanging out at the house, you know? Um well I don't know what to say other than uh you're the fucking man. Oh man. And He's a good was, fella. Uh, you're a good fella. <laughs> you're a great dad, you're a great comic, you're a good dude. I'm so glad we could make this work. Sandy, thanks for filling in for Brad. <laughs> I feel fulfilled. <laughs> but this, you know, it was meant to be. Brad feels filled in. Yeah. I, I filled <laughs> in. <laughs> Doesn't take a lot. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot in a small package with Brad, you yeah, know? It really I think is. you can tear that. I think I you can dig I that ass out. I don't see size. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, thanks. Thanks uh, for making time, man. No, no. Uh, thanks for, thanks yeah. for asking me. Thanks for having me. And Dude, thanks, you were great. I can't wait for people to hear this episode. Thanks for, but you guys have always also just been really, really, really awesome to me on and off stage. And I can't say that about everybody. Hey, Jewish is my wife and I really, we really do. We really love. Oh yeah, guys. man. Dude, when you, uh, when, when Divine and I were in Philly and you, uh, <laughs> you came in and took us to the. Drove Adam and I, uh, instead of having our car service, uh, was like, I'll take you guys. He goes, I got the Uber. It's a Juber. It's a Juber. Dude, Divine, we, we were quoting you for the next, like, four days of uh, the trip. Oh, really? Because Kyle Walsh, Adam's, Adam Divine uh, was? Yeah, because they were just like, they were like, your boy Russ, you're like, a lot of energy. And, uh, and Walsh was like, he's like, he's, and, then they, and then it would just be like, it's not an Uber, it's a Juber. Like, they would. <laughs> the best was Adam was stuck. Adam was sitting in the back seat, crammed in between Rocco's car seat at the door. And I was like. Hey, you like that superstar? <laughs> hey, what, hey, how's your modern family fucking recurring yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, now you're in the back of a Ford Focus. Yeah, Things yeah, are looking yeah. up for your career, you <laughs> cocksucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's when I was like, Russ, if you could let us off right here, that'd be right, great. Right, we'll right, walk Russ. to the hotel. Russ, I was going to recommend you, but now <laughs> yeah, you called him a yeah. cocksucker, and you're making it really hard. Yeah, yeah. And you drive a Ford Focus, not a Batmobile. <laughs> um, I love you. Thanks for doing I it. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Legal Guardian on, on iTunes and um, uh, RussGuden.com for all that stuff. Right. Thank you. Hell yeah. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, motherfucker. <laughs> I spit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I spilled. I spit. I sang Mr. Belvedere. All the feels. <laughs> All the feels. <laughs> Legal good, guardian, guys. Let go ahead and close it. Show. That's the show. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad.
Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.